This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle. Get in on the conversation at 866-979-ESPN. Now, here's your host, the professor, John Clayton. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Rich in from Monroe. Hey, Rich. Hey, John. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. Hey, I don't know about you, but I can't wait for the day we stop talking about COVID. Yeah, I, I, I'll just put it this way. I, I, I can't wait for the day that COVID goes away. I mean, you were right yeah. about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyways, my question for you is the new acquisition of Jacob Eason. Mm-hmm. What is your thoughts on him as far as how he – I don't know. I haven't followed him what team he was with before he came to us. But did he get any playing time at all? How no. does he look? Is he going to be maybe a good backup for us in the future? Could be. I mean, you know, he's he's under contract for a couple of years. He was a fourth-round pick of the Colts last year. But I know coming out of UW, he was just way too raw. And, you know, there was no way humanly possible they could put him on the field last year. Okay? So, uh, you know, you knew it was going to be a redshirt year. And this year, you know, when uh, Carson Wentz went down with his ankle injury and everything else, you know, they projected him to be the starter, but he didn't do a good enough job of being able to, uh, you know, handle things. And, uh, you know, they ended up going a different direction and eventually cutting him. Now, what they did is that, you know, they picked him up on waivers, which I thought was a good idea because, again, what do you have to lose? He's making the minimum salary. And, of course, you have two more years on the contract with him. But uh, I thought that was smart. And then the other thing was that the idea is that uh, you get a chance to they advanced him last week to be the backup quarterback because he was an active the first week because he was still you know getting here getting situated and then last uh, week he had him as a backup so I think that you know he has a chance I've liked him as a talent I mean you know he was one of the better ones coming out of high school uh, he he was talented at UW so I think he does have a chance it's just going to take a little bit of time. Right. Did he not just fit in with the Colts' scheme of things, or is he just not prepared for the NFL level? Uh, no, I think that he just uh, it, it, it just didn't seem to be able to pick things up or whatever it is. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Just, I really liked him at UW. I thought yeah. he was very talented. And I'd like to see him succeed. You know, God forbid Russell goes down again, which yeah. is very unlikely, but... You know, he is getting an age here soon, mm-hmm. next few years, so it could happen. And I know Gino's probably not going to work because he's got too much experience, but it would be nice to have somebody else we could rely on if needed. Right. Yeah, and again, the great, the great thing, he's young, and if he can uh, pick things up and, you know, be a decent backup, that wouldn't be wouldn't be bad. Right. But okay, if well, you know, if done. and if yeah. necessary, I mean, again, if necessary, like for example, if they needed a roster spot or something else, you know, they can cut him. And my guess would be, you know, he would be agreeable to come back to the practice squad. But uh, as of right now, he's on the active roster. He is the backup, uh, and uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. Right. Have, has anybody seen? Has he done any practicing? And has anybody seen how he's looked? Or we we like well, I mean, we haven't because we're, we're not allowed to watch practice. So it's like, uh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, because again, it's like, able... no. I thought you were... at training oh. at training camp, yes, but not during the season. Not during the season. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're not we're not we're not able to watch any practice at all. So it's like, uh, 
you know, so we none of us have seen anything, and you know, none of us okay. obviously have seen anything on the field because he hasn't been on the field. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, but no, I, I like him. I think that you know, I liked him as a talent. And honestly, what I thought, and maybe he was hurt by this, is that I thought he went to the perfect team last year in Indianapolis because if you kind of watch his kind of fluky delivery, it kind of remind me a little bit of the fluky delivery that uh, Philip Rivers had because Philip has such a different delivery with the way he throws the football. And so I said, hmm, I think he can learn a lot through Philip. And uh, he probably did, but then Philip retired this year to go into coaching, and so that took away him. And, you know, obviously he's not going to be the same as Carson Wentz. And then, of course, it's not like Carson Wentz was going to be able to teach him anything at training camp because, you know, he didn't practice with the ankle. He only had, like, one practice, and then uh, that was early in training camp, and he didn't practice until the uh, the week of the Seahawks game. Right. So, yeah. Right. So, I yeah. mean, I think it was a good move myself. I do, but, too. Yeah. No, I think it was okay, a real good, good move. Okay. Good. Hey, Rich, thank right. you for the phone call. Yeah, thank you. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's go to Mike in Puyallup. Hey, Mike. Hello, Mr. Clayton. How are you? I'm good. I just I I want to talk about the Beckham yeah. situation. I think I, I'd like here's my question. How are we doing on third down? Uh, terrible. And do you think that might not, might help our third down? Either getting Lockett open, DK, yeah. maybe our tight end. Do you think Beckham would help that? Talent wise, yeah. But again, is he going to be is he going to be a problem if he only gets four or five targets a game? Have you looked? He's been getting two in Cleveland. Two. Yeah. And yeah. he, but but, but plus for him, he's wide open, and they miss him, uh-huh. and that's what I. I but the other thing is, um, yeah, that's, you know, I don't think Russell Wilson's going to miss him on those deep balls that uh, Baker can't get to him. Right. I, I can see that. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. And then, like I said, we're three and five right now. So mm-hmm. we kind of got to go seven and two, correct, to make the playoffs? Nah, more than yeah, I, I, no, honestly, I mean, you think about this and see if you agree is that, uh, you know, there's only six teams with winning records in the NFC right now, six. Okay, uh-huh. it's it's the same as last year, you know, because again, an eight and eight uh, Chicago team was able to make it, and they weren't a playoff caliber team. I mean, they just they able to make it just because he had the eight and eight record. And you look at it right now, Seahawks are one game out. And again, as I mentioned earlier, a couple times in the last uh, hour and a, uh, two hours, is that uh, they have four winnable games, you know, because they've got Houston, they've got Detroit, Chicago, and Washington. That gets them to seven. Uh, if they can, I don't, we'll see what they do against Green Bay. But if they can get a split in the four remaining division games, that's nine and eight, uh, and that gives them a chance, I think, to get in. Because again, I think a nine-win team is going to make it in the NFC. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think, but like like prime example, the Rams. Yeah. What do what do the Rams do to us? They put they, Ramsey on DK. They, yeah, they'll probably win. Yeah, they'll they put Ramsey on DK and then double team Lockett. Yeah. Who's going to cover Beckham then? Uh huh. You can't you can't double team lock it anymore. You got to move things around because you got a plan for mm-hmm. Beckham, correct? To well, that, that, but teams haven't double teamed, uh, you know, DK Metcalf. I yeah, mean, no, they, 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 they just they, they just put their best cornerback on him. I mean, because yeah, you know, Sha- Shaq Griffin won against them in the Jacksonville game. 
Yeah, and then they double team Lockett usually. Yeah, yeah, no, but, no, but the, the thing is, it's a little bit tougher to get him because then, you know, if you put the best cornerback there, then the lesser cornerbacks have to go out and cover him, and it's not as easy. Yeah, yeah. that's what I'm saying. So, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but yeah, and I just think I don't know. Like I said last year, um, I don't know Antonio Brown. I don't. I know Beckham's not Antonio Brown, but mm-hmm. what, were the Buccaneers five and three before Brown? And yeah. then, and they're what? Then they finish the year eleven and two mm-hmm. with them. Yeah, yeah. And this year they're five and zero oh with Antonio Brown. Well, yeah, but Brown, Brown, Brown's Brown's been out for about three games. Yeah, but without him, they're one and two. Uh huh. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's just that extra receiver, and then you, like I said, you, you um, get uh, oh gosh, third down. You convert a third down. Yeah. Then you start getting into your tempo. Uh-huh. And then, they, you know, they drop their safety down or back. They, they play the two safeties, and our running game starts working. You know, because you can't you with if you got Beckham, there's no way you can bring eight men in the box against the Seahawks. That I agree. You couldn't. No, you can't. And then, yeah. So you just then you run all the heck out. Yeah, of the I, ball. I just think it's an interesting debate. I think they need to do uh, get one one addition, whether it's Deshaun Jackson or whether it's mm-hmm. Beckham. You know, I, I I think Jackson would be the better fit because I don't think he's going to be a problem. You know, if he doesn't get the football or anything like that, where I think Beckham can be because Beckham can be a handful. Yeah, yeah, and I would I I like that idea. There's only one thing I dislike about it. I don't remember the last time Deshaun Jackson finished a season. Good point. Good point because he's uh, he was injured for the last several years with the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, and you know I guess you know the fact that uh, you know he's at least been healthy this year and now he's got a couple weeks yeah. off. You know that should allow him the chance to at least you know be healthy for the rest of the season. But we'll see. But uh, I think they do need to add because you know I thought that uh, getting Josh Gordon would have been great, and I think he stunned everybody by going to Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Yeah, another thing about getting Beckham is you kind of keep him away from the Packers. I don't think the Packers are going to pass on him. Do you? They might not. What about San Francisco? What about New Orleans? Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's what I was trying to say. It's also mm-hmm. the strategy. But yeah, I, I hope they do at least put the waiver in. Now, what do you think even if they put the waiver in, their chances of getting him are? Well, I mean, again, they got the ninth pick. So, uh, you know, I don't know about... Uh, whether I mean Philadelphia may do it, but uh, you know that that'd be a bad fit because they're going to be a bad team, and so uh, you know he may you know again it's not, if he's happy about it or not it doesn't matter because you put the waiver claim in and you you get him and then see how it goes. I mean the one thing that uh, goes to what you're thinking is that you know you figure they're not going to bring him back after the season because they've got to try to you know eventually work on DK Metcalf's contract uh but they probably you know he can probably end up going in the street and getting over 10 million dollars and if that's the case they probably get a third round compensatory pick yeah that's another good thing too like yeah so you're yeah if it works out this year great if not mm-hmm. then you get a pick and Maybe it does make Wilson a little bit happier. Like, hey, yeah. we went and got you to star. Yeah, Maybe, you know. Yeah, but let's put it this way. I can guarantee that John Snyder's looking into it because he looks into everything. Hey, thank you for the phone call. Good one. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Dave Crosby joining us at the bottom of the hour. Let's go to Wheat in Tacoma. Hey, Wheat. 
Yes, wait. Wait. Wait, are you there? Let's go to Jeff in Kent. Hey, Jeff. Hey, John. Uh, first off, go Cougs. Okay. It's going to be interesting. We can, you know, Oregon gets knocked off by the dogs this week. We can take care of the Ducks next week, sitting on top of the Pac-12 North. Uh-huh. You know, going to a bowl with you know everything they've been through this year. I really like their uh, that new coach they got. Yeah, he's doing a good job. But I just don't I don't understand you know their offense. Sometimes you got two of the best running backs in the Pac-12, if not the nation, in Borgie and McIntosh, and I don't understand why you don't put them back there together. You know, a split formation, and you can run so many options. Just imagine a dive dive option to Borgie with McIntosh floating out to the right side for the pitch option from Delora. It gives the defense so many headaches. Yeah. But all I see is the same thing. Dive handoff, dive handoff, you know, single back. You know, it's it's working so far for them. It's okay. But I just, I like to see them take advantage of the talent that they have because Borgie's going to be gone and maybe McIntosh too after this season. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, but just that watching that, them run that ball, it's, so much I love it so much more than that stinking air raid with Leach and being stuck in his uh, mindset. Yeah. But um, what, what was your thoughts on a Nick? Know, what, what was your thoughts on a Nick Rolovich thing? Uh that's a that's a tough one. Um, the whole state, you know, being a state employee, the mandates and everything, and um, he'll probably wind up suing. You know, and it goes to court, gets litigated. But uh, the other question I was going to ask you about yeah. was, who's the driving force in Seattle for getting the uh, NBA team back here? Not via stealing somebody else's, because I, won't, I yeah. won't watch a team that we steal. But I'm talking the, um, from the get-go, you know. Um, God, the, um, yeah, I, I don't know of any of the individuals, but expansion. I would imagine. Yeah, what's that? Yeah. Yeah, who's in, who's like who's pushing for expansion to get us an expansion team as opposed to stealing one? Is there somebody like a driving force? I know that was behind hockey. Is it the same people, or is there any individuals or groups that are really pushing for expansion? Yeah, well, I would have to think that the you know I know that the the Seattle uh, you know people uh, you know that the, you know are looking ahead in sports. All those people are all pushing for it. So that. That's one, and again, I'm sure that there's a couple investors in town because again, you got some rich investors that uh, you know I'm sure would be willing to go ahead and do it. Probably some Microsoft people and uh, some people like that. But uh, you know, I think there's enough people pushing it. And again, you know, it's going to happen. It's just going to be when because yeah, ultimately... but I, I don't want to steal somebody else's no, team. No, that, I, I don't that's think that's going to happen. Issue. Yeah, I mean, you know, because you know, I think. There's been a couple teams that have been available, but uh, you know Minnesota, I think, has been one. But I, I, I agree. I mean, again, it's a shame that uh, they let the team move. That was bad. But in the end, I think that you know they'll have a chance to recoup. Because again, you figure the next expansion is probably going to have Seattle and Vegas. The question is going to be when the contracts of TV run out to a point where you know the TV money is so good right now that everybody's making so much money that they don't want to you know share it as much. Uh, but uh, at some point, there'll go two more teams. You think the uh, Mariners are going to try and bring Paxton back in a minor league contract just to see? I would hope. I mean, because again, it's I like. Hope. 
Yeah, because I, I, you, you, you like to see that. And, you know, right now they're down, you know, you say Kikuchi, and, you know, they, they may have enough starters, but I think that, you know, Paxson's a good fit. I think he likes it here. And then, you know, see how he can come back from his injury. Yeah, well, remember how you you laughed at me when I called up and said this was a 90-win team at the beginning of the season. Just imagine if we yeah. had a healthy Paxton, would have given us 10 games. If Marco would have been Marco this mm-hmm. year, he would have added on 10 more games. That's 20 more games right there. That puts us at 110 almost, and that puts us right smack in the playoffs in the World Series. So it was just so disappointing to see Paxton go down. Yeah, agreed. This team is really, you know, from what I saw this season and for next year, this team's in real, you know, flux right now. Mm -hmm. Um, With Lewis, you know, coming back from injury in the outfield, if he comes back healthy, our outfield is set, but it's the whole infield now with Seager gone. You know, my feeling is France to third base. Uh, are they going to sit there and try and get a blockbuster trade or deal for a second baseman? Are they going to keep Toro? And then you got Evan White coming back at first. I think they're going to keep Toro. I don't know if he's going to stay. I mean, I don't know if he, they move him to third, but, uh, uh, you know, Toro did some pretty good hitting. And again, he's been for, I know for four years, I know for four years, uh, the league, kept on saying that he has a chance to have a breakout season, but then the problem is down in Houston, he never got a chance to play. You can't have a breakout season when you're not on the field. Well, then it's where you're going to play, you know, is France going to be your first baseman? Are you going to give up on Evan White? You're going to put Toro at third? Mm-hmm. Once again, now you have an open hole, <clears throat> excuse me, open hole at second base. Yeah, that's true. been there forever. Yeah, but, uh, you know, they can go get a second baseman. That'll, that'll be one that will be in the mix. I don't know what they have in the minors to be able to fill in at second base. but uh, you nothing, know. nothing to speak of in the minors. Yeah, okay. They're going to have to make a deal yeah. to, to get it. You know, I hope they do because I just like the way this team is set up. You bring back Anderson on the pitching staff. You make mm-hmm. it find a free agent, you know, top-line free agent to plug in also. And... You know, this team has got playoffs written all over it next yeah, year if agreed. they stay healthy. Agreed. Hey, thank you for the phone call. All right. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Dave Grosby coming up next. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. Time for our weekly dose of the Gros with Dave Grosby. And Dave, two personal things I've got to get into before we start you know, talking some football, college football, pro football, and baseball, and all those different things. First off, the three hours that we spent together from 2 to 5, in my opinion, was one of my highlights of the year. It was so much fun. I think we got good reviews for what we did on the air, You know, filling in for Bob and Dave. Uh, I, I think it went well because I know I loved it. Well, I feel the exact same way, John, and it's right back at you, buddy. Yeah, and here's the other one, and I get this is uh, 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 you know again talk about you know a couple good days. I think it was like Thursday, you know, because I always have to go either to Rite Aid or Walgreens to pick up stuff for Pat, uh, right. and so I went over to Rite Aid, and uh, you know one of Dre's best friends, Henry, works there, right? Right. And so uh, I get there, and he said, "Hey, uh, we got something for you." It's like, "What? What do you got?" And so it's like uh, Dre made me a wooden uh, Hall of Fame plaque years ago with my name on it, Pro Football Hall of Fame, and it is just absolutely meticulous. Holy it is just absolutely, it's like, it's it's great. I mean, I, I sent a picture to, to Matt, and he was just stunned 
how good this thing looks. And apparently he did it for years ago, but of course, you know, he had no way to get it to me. Uh, and so, you know, Henry, who, you know, is again over here in Renton at the Rite Aid, I mean, he brought it to me, and this thing is just absolutely immaculate. That is sensational, man. That Isn't is that great? That's terrific. Yeah. yeah in fact, I'll, uh, once, once we get off the air, I'll send you a, a text on it. Do so. Yeah, because again, it's just it's it's just amazing to see how nice this thing is because uh, you know it, it you, you just flabbergasted. It's like well, wow, look at that thing. You've taken good care of your listeners over the years, John, and they appreciate it. Yeah, so I mean, very very appreciative of uh, what Dre did. So Dre, thank you very much, and uh, you know acknowledge just what a great thing that you did because it is so so great. In fact, I'll send this to you uh, now. Uh, you so, should post it on, on on your Twitter. Yeah, that's a that's a point. Let everyone see it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but uh, that's good. So uh, we talked about it yesterday, and things keep on getting worse for uh, you know Aaron Rodgers. And we talked about the press conference and you know all those different things. What what's your thoughts on uh, what's going on with Aaron Rodgers? With him, he spends an hour on bar, bar stool right when the team's supposed to practice, and again. Had he not have the, had he had a positive, had he not have the, had he had a vaccination, and no positive test, he would have been there at practice. But what practice starts, he spends an hour spewing out nonsense, saying and almost making him sound like he was the victim. He says all these people reporting all the wrong things, and you know it's like uh, you know, if they would have asked me another question about that, I would explain this and explain that. It's like explain what. You didn't get a vaccination. You misled everybody by saying that you got a immunization. That everybody thought, oh, you're vaccinated. I mean, everybody thought that, and you didn't do it. And now you're going to miss 10 days. Maybe it'll be longer. We'll see. Uh, and you're going to cost your team the chance to maybe win the Green Bay, uh, the game against Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that it, it, the bottom line is he may be. You know, we, we, we determined one thing that the league would not uh, would not necessarily step on him as much as they would they would go after the Packers. Mm-hmm. And yet you're seeing more and more things come out of this that, that make me think the league might might suspend Rodgers. I mean, they they denied some stuff specifically in that rant yesterday. His claim about he spoke spoke with league doctors about the vaccine. They said that wasn't true. So you're seeing other things come out of the the press conference that that weren't true. And you know the fact that he misled the the, the team. It sounds like and the team is is obviously going to be liable for stuff. And and I'm yeah. not going to be surprised if they lose a draft pick here. But um, you know the league at the bottom line at the very worst does not want to do anything to take their stars off the field. Yet here you got to start thumbing his nose at you. I mean, so I, I'm I'm interested in seeing what the, what the NFL does because this is not just a, a normal guy, you know, not passing a test. Or this is a guy who uh, I think you know tried to tried to subvert the process. There's no question about that in my mind. I think he knew exactly what he was talking about when he when he made the distinction in, in having a, a vaccine or being um, immunized. Mm-hmm. I think he knew just what he meant, uh, and he said what he meant. And and uh, you know this is a different case for the NFL. You haven't had guys trying to trying to mislead like this. So I'm I'm very curious to to see what what ultimately comes out on this. And and you're right, the team that stands to benefit in the immediate sense is the Chiefs. But if he gets any other anything else packed tacked on. He obviously will miss the Seahawks game. Yeah, I agree. And it's like, uh, and again, and, and the press, the not the press conference, but the interview we had with Barstool is uh, one where, I mean, you know, he, he spewed out so much craziness. You're going, what are you talking about? Uh, right. And, and I mean, it, the, the, everyone's forgetting the bottom line here, John. I mean, the league 
is is able to mandate work conditions. Yeah. They can say the conditions of work. So whether or not you agree with his point or think that there's an anti-vax crazy crowd out there and that, that he's a victim of woke this or woke that, the NFL is allowed to implement work conditions on guys who play in the NFL. Mm-hmm. If you don't want to go by their rules, you don't have to play. So they're not doing anything wrong here. You you follow the rules or it in... And look, there, there is a path for him to not get vaccinated, as we know, you know, wearing a mask, not traveling with the team, things like that, that he could have done. He didn't do that. He wants it both ways, and he shouldn't be able to get it both ways. What, what was your thoughts on uh, just the fact, what, if you're Packer management and you hear or listen to the one hour, actually it was a 45-minute interview. If you right. listen to the 45-minute interview, how, how do you, as you know, you won't say anything to Aaron, because right now you can't. He's not even going to be in the building for 10 days. But what what, what do you think, uh, and how angry would you be if you're management? If you're management, you're going to church and saying a rosary for Jordan Love. Yeah. You're hoping he comes out and, and throws three touchdown passes against the Chiefs and looks every inch uh, like your, your new starting quarterback. Uh, you know, th- that having been said, I mean, you certainly, uh, you're, you're, you're definitely, I don't know how much you're talking Aaron Rodgers these days anyway, but mm-hmm. but it, you're not defending him in this case. I mean, Matt LaFleur is, is the one guy who's got to try to because he's coaching him, and he is. But, um, you know, the front office guys have got to have got to just take their punishment as well. So he's put everyone in a particularly bad spot there in Green Bay, and, and um, it's, uh, it's a little bit surprising. Yeah, it really is. And so we'll see where that goes. And we talked yesterday certainly about the Odell Beckham uh, situation mm-hmm. and uh, now you, we both have had an extra day to reflect on it should they put the waiver claim in with the ninth pick uh, on him or not I, I'd say absolutely I, really? I'd say okay. absolutely I, I think you know John at the end of the day you, you're, you're, not, you're not talking about a seven and two Seahawk team that, that, mm-hmm. that's talking about adding a little little cherry to the top you're talking about a team that's three for five that's fighting for its life and you get a chance to add a, a player that can help you uh, I think, you know, you trust that Russell Wilson, in, in this, he's going to like it, number one, that he can be Tom Brady-esque, quote-unquote. You know, Brady handled Antonio Brown perfectly last year. He didn't have any problems. You hope that Wilson and, and the Seattle culture can do that for Beckham. You're understanding you're just getting him for one year, and in the case of Beckham, he's playing for another contract. So you've got him uh, with narrow self-interest motivating him as well. So I I, I'm, I definitely am thinking about it more. I think that it's, it's a move that they should make. Yeah, and again, maybe I'm starting to warm up to the idea more so because again my big concern as we talked about is that uh, you know he could have that Percy Harvin influence if right. he's not getting the ball enough and he's not going to get the ball enough because I mean it's, it's one well where... I think what you got in this case though John you've got uh, in, in that case you had a Russell Wilson who was a second year yeah. guy who was a really young guy playing quarterback and kind of controlling that image whereas now you have a Russell Wilson who's who's one of the best quarterbacks in the league so I think you know you can, along with Pete Carroll, I, I like I like the impact that he can make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and I I thought maybe Deshaun Jackson should be a better fit because I think he'd be more agreeable to be the third receiver. You know, Beckham, of course, you know he would come here. The best he can do is be the third receiver. But one thing that adds to the mix is that uh, you know he's going to leave in free agency after the year. But if he gets over ten million dollars, you get a third round compensatory pick in two thousand and twenty three. Right, so I mean, I, I look. I, I would not be disappointed if they got uh, Deshaun either. Yeah. I, I just think that that the 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 viewing of it, and I'm sure it's the way the Seahawks yeah. are doing it, has got to be from the prism of you're three and five. 
you're not six and two or seven and one. I mean, you, you're, you're, nothing is guaranteed. You can afford maybe two more losses mm-hmm. the rest of the way, and and it's going to be getting a couple of tough wins and getting some wins you're supposed to get. And we all know in the NFL, mm-hmm. supposed to doesn't really exist. Uh, any team can get any team. So um, I, I think that a chance to add to the team is something they sh- they can do, and and I think you trust in Pete Carroll and, and his culture to to lead you through it. College football. What do you think about Washington, Oregon? Boy, it's a beauty, man. It's a, it's a it's a big game this afternoon. It's it's already perfect weather for these guys. You know, I think, you know, in Oregon, obviously, you've got the favorite, uh, in a team that that does what Washington doesn't do particularly well. But the Huskies are off their best game against against Stanford, in my opinion. They ran the ball extremely well. Uh, there's pressure on their quarterback to make some plays in the game today. I think this is one that that Washington can keep it close. Uh, I don't know that they'll – we'll see what happens in the fourth quarter. I mean, I think that they can keep it close. My expectation is that Oregon will kind of stretch it out there in the fourth quarter and, and win going away a little bit. But um, I, I think that Washington has got got the equipment to give them a tough game if and, – and this is the first thing. They've got to be able to play good defense against the run. If they can't, uh, then, you know, Oregon is going to score at will on them. So they've got to got to have their run defense step up and play well like it did last week at Stanford. Yeah, no doubt. And so uh... – that, that should be fascinating to see. And, of course, uh, you know, Washington State, they could benefit uh, if Washington beats Oregon because if uh, they win Washington State, then they're at a spot where maybe next week they're you know, in first place as far as getting uh, in, the, in, the, in right. the north. And then you're looking at the Apple Cup being a chance for Washington to deny Washington State as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, that that's definitely, that's definitely a, a, would be a good scenario for up here. But for the Pac-12, of course, the better scenario is for Oregon to win because they're literally their only shot at being in that uh, in that bowl championship series, and and they're in it right now. So, you know, we'll, we'll see if uh, we'll see if they can come through. How, what do you, what's your thoughts on Jimmy Lake? To be determined, John. Yeah. To be determined. I think that you know he certainly had a rough start this year, but if you know if if he can turn this th- this thing around and, and and get this team to rally here in the second half and and come up with a win against Oregon, let's say, and come up with a win against Oregon State, I think you got to reassess. Uh, you got to reassess what what your thoughts are of him. So I think from from a point where you're looking like this guy has got to go, you're now looking at we better wait and see what happens at the end of the year before we make a decision on him. As a person, and uh, the way you hear him talking as a coach, I mean, you know, I, I root for him. I, I, I yeah. hope it does. Oh, he, I, 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 I like him. I do, too. I do, too. And, and uh, you know, it, I want him to work here, and I want him to fit here. And, he, you know, his Peterson's handpicked selection, and, and um, I, I think that, again, he's got he's got the chance to stay if, if this team can can rally and finish well. And it's it's this is a team that lost to Montana. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's a team that that really could have cashed it in early, and uh, and he's got them playing hard, and that's 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 one of the most important things is, is teaching a team how to deal with adversity and not give up, and they have not given up. What's your thoughts on the new Washington State coach? So far, so good. I mean, you know, he, he it's it's really baptism of fire, and he's got all hands on deck, and he's he got a little help with his assistant coaches and the team, although they were definitely disappointed to lose Nick Rolovich, has you know, played for him. They nearly beat BYU and had a great game the second game out. So I, I like I like how they're playing for Pat so far. Yeah, no doubt about it. And then finally, uh, thoughts on the Kraken. Uh, you know, finally get a chance to yeah. get home, get some wins, get some positive things going. They had an excellent game the other night, uh, you know, against uh, against Buffalo, who's not very good, and and they they won it five two and and looked good. They got their first hat trick in franchise history, and they go play a road game tonight against Arizona. Arizona, John is 0-10 and one 
which is not very good. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I'm going to say that they're they're looking good on the road to get a win, and, and that would put them just a game under 500. So they they got their backup goaltender back. Uh, they're getting some other players out of protocols as well. They, they've had a, a bunch of roster uh, hiccups uh, at this point. Uh, but I, I've liked what I've seen all, all year long. I mean, they, the problems they were having was not, not playing well. It was just getting getting goals to go in. They were getting good shots, and they that may have changed uh, here against the Sabres the other night. We'll see what happens tonight against Arizona. Yeah, and to give you an update on what happened last night, because, again, uh, everybody was gracious enough to uh, you know allow me to leave the show at 5 as opposed to going till 6, because, again, a Friday night date night, which Pat and I have had now for 34 years, yeah. we made it over to Dino's by about 5, 507508 nice. and uh, she, she uh, I talked her into having the halibut and she loved it John you know it's ironic that's exactly what we had for dinner oh really halibut I guess we had a date night ourselves yeah how about that except I cooked it we didn't have uh, well, Dino you cook, yeah it. we cooked it no but again it's like uh, you know because normally at Dino's they have it you know they'll put some sprinkle uh, almost fry it but uh, I talked him into not putting putting that on and so they did and it just tasted very good for Pat and she has some leftovers too but by the way that that uh, Dre did a fantastic job man you saw uh, it thank, uh, it's, it's fantastic it, isn't that unbelievable and again it's Absolutely. a wooden plaque John Clayton Hall of, Pro Football Hall of Fame I mean just remarkable Absolutely, boy, it's gorgeous. Just and so, what's gorgeous. on what's on the Gras agenda this weekend? I think we just discussed it, man. There's a <laughs> lot to there's a lot to watch. It's rainy. Uh, we're getting an extra hour of sleep on Sunday, mm-hmm. so uh, it's time it's time to gorge on sports. There you go. That's our weekly dose of the Gras with Dave Grosby. And again, uh, thanks yesterday for what was a great three hours on the air. And of course, enjoy the weekend. Sure was, John. I really loved it yesterday. Thanks, buddy. Okay. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. John Clayton Show, 710 ESPN Seattle. This is the John Clayton Show on 710 ESPN Seattle and 710sports.com. Our thanks to Matt Nelson for producing the show. Our thanks to Matt Nelson for running the show. 866-979-ESPN, 206-421-ESPN. Let's get a couple quick calls in here before getting out. Let's go to Scott in Seattle. Hey, Scott. Hey, John. Hey, I have a couple of quick scheduling questions. Yeah. One is, have they have, have, has the NFL looked at the possibility of having um, all the teams do either a London uh, or a Mexico City game so everybody still gets their eight home games and, um, and, and that basically yeah. their extra game goes, goes overseas? They have done that. Yeah, in fact, they... When they first came out with the 17-game schedule idea, that was one of the ideas. They just knew it was going to take you know some time to be able to do it because you know they can put games in Germany, they can put games in Mexico, you know they can put games uh, in in other places too. But they definitely looked into it, and that would be something they aspire to do. You know, maybe a few extra London games and all those different things. But no, that's something that they have looked at. So you don't have that discrepancy of having you know uh, you know like for example. This year, the AFC has all the the 17 home games versus the NFC and the interconference games. So, yeah, they have looked at that. Good. You think that's probably something that's going to happen in the next couple of years? Uh, several years because I think it's just going to take time to arrange it because, you know, you know that they'd like to have a game over in Japan uh, maybe China, you know, so I would have to think it's going to take some years, but I think at some point they'll be able to do it. Absolutely. 
Hey, the other question is, um, and this is this is going way back in time. Yeah. Um, uh, back in the back in the day with the with the Sonic with the Seattle Sonics. Yeah. Um, they used to they used to when whenever the Sonics had a um, had a national had a national game, which wasn't very often back then. You know, back in the days of Bob Blackburn. They had. They actually shifted time, uh, the timing in in the games between mm-hmm. the TV and the and the radio, so you could listen to Bob Blackburn as you're watching the national the national broadcast. Has has has, has the station ever thought about doing that with the Seahawks, so you, so we can listen to Rabel instead of having to deal with the the uh, vanilla <laughs> the vanilla guys on uh, either Channel 13 or Channel 7. Well, not I mean not on not on TV because again you know thirteen has the rights to uh, you know the, the, you know getting the the, the Seahawks uh, games I on. I mean, I mean shift I mean shift the radio broadcast. No, no, it, it won't. That'll never happen. I mean, the Seahawks broadcast is the Seahawks broadcast. Uh, you know, thirteen is going to be having their games, but no, that that's something that uh, will never happen. Hey, it's thank- interesting because it. Because it, it, all they'd have to do is shift it about five seconds, and it yeah, would, they, and it would line up. Won't happen. <laughs> so you you can scratch that idea. Hey, Scott, thank you. Let's go to Bill and wrap it up here in Seattle from Bill in Seattle. Hey, Bill. Hi. Uh, I watched uh, the hit on uh, D. Eskridge. Yeah. And I was shocked that uh, it wasn't at least uh, flagged. Uh, what was your take on that? Yeah, because like, honestly, it just like. I, it was more how he fell on the sideline because it was on the, you know the, the visiting team sideline uh, that uh, you know caused the problem. But uh, you know it's like they they flag everything, so it's like uh, you know not you don't want to do it too much. But I didn't I didn't think it was too bad. But again, I, I think it was more the uh, the crashing to the ground and crashing to the sidelines that caused the problem. But uh, do you think that it was helmet to helmet contact? No, I think I it was. No. I, 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 I didn't see it that way. I have to go back and look at it again, but I didn't see it that way. Okay, that brings up one more question yeah. I have. And is there any process within the NFL to go back and look at something like that that happened after the game and then levy a penalty uh, or some other punishment? No, the only thing that they'll do is that they'll look at it after the game to see where it goes, and then if they they think it's they miss something or whatever, then the player will get a fine. But uh, it's not going to be somebody that's going to carry over to the field. That's something that will never happen, you know, because the game's over and you can't do anything about it, and you're not going to take it away from next week's game and all that stuff. But you know, if they 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 can look at it because they review everything and uh, you know and look to see because usually what happens is the fines you know at least are leaking out by. Uh, today and then you get to see where the fines are hey bill thank you for the phone call thank you everybody great show and uh, we'll be back next week on uh, the john clayton show 710 espn seattle